This is Big Sky Lead, a dive into the stories about how government and politics drive the direction of Montana. This podcast is from the reporters of the Montana State News Bureau in Helena, your eyes and ears on state government. It's produced by me, Tom Bridge. Our team brings you an examination of Montana's new landscape with new laws, a new governor, and a new Republican dominance across all of state government. I'm here with Sam Wilson of the Montana State News Bureau, who's uh, wrapping up reporting on a a look at um, lobbyist spending in the 2021 legislative session and how um, the system in Montana works uh, with regards to uh, lobbying regulations and reporting uh, lobbyist spending. So, Sam, you've been digging into these reports. Um, can you can you tell us? Can you start by telling us why? Yeah. Um, so, so the Commissioner of Political Practices is the agency with the state that's in charge of um, kind of enforcing the whole lobbying reporting system. Um, you know, from uh, making sure that everybody knows how and when to file their reports to making sure that reports are being filed timely and, and relatively complete. Um, and, and the state of Montana does have a, a fairly comprehensive system for tracking that type of activity mm-hmm. during the session. Um, Jeff Mangan is the current commissioner of political practices in the state, and um, two years ago, um, he actually stood up and, and talked to um, an interim committee of lawmakers to describe some of the issues they were facing. Um, you know, they basically got two separate databases, um, and lobbyists and um, what are called principals, which are, you know, any group or corporation or even individuals um, in certain circumstances who want to affect the way legislation is passed um, have to report. Um, and so those are, those are the people that are, are the groups that are actually behind the money. Um, and they, they kind of have an either-or system right now where they're able to file their reports electronically or um, they can do it the old-fashioned way on paper. Mm-hmm. And what that ends up creating is two separate places where these reports live. So for, for me as a journalist or for any member of the public who's curious um, who's spending how much money to influence what legislation in the state, it kind of creates a bit of an opaque system for determining what that spending looks like and actually being able to find those individual reports. Um, and Jeff Mangan had identified a number of these issues two years ago. Um, and I wanted to look at kind of what's changed, if anything, and what some of the limitations of the system still are. Um, one of the things that actually prompted that discussion two years ago was uh, MTPR had done a story where they had gone through and taken all of these hard copy paper reports and tallied up all the spending throughout the session to try to get kind of an overall comprehensive picture of right. uh, of what the lobbying effort looked like during the session. Um, and so that was that was something that I wanted to follow up on too and, and kind of do my own work to try to put that uh, that spending in perspective and get a, kind of an overall picture. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to be clear, uh, two years ago, Mangan, the Commissioner of Political Practices, he brought to attention that there's these almost uh, two different ways of reporting both the digital way and the physical way. So now we're two years later, and has that changed? 
Um, not really. Um, so to be clear, it's not really up to Mangan also. I mean, he's, he's been very clear, and I think it's well understood uh, among the lawmakers that have worked on this issue that in order for it to all be in one place, I mean, basically the solution is to require an electronic reporting system. Right. Um, however, at the time that he was bringing this up, um, you know, Mangan himself acknowledged that the electronic system for filing lobbying reports was really... It was frankly just a mess. It kind of fallen into disrepair okay. um, because there hadn't been any upgrades to the system for over a decade. Um, so during the interim, he did go and uh, and made some pretty substantial upgrades. Um, and lobbyists that I talked to for the story uh, were pretty well in agreement that you know it was now a usable system and that we're now they are now able to file reports um, you know without having the difficulties that they had been before. Um, so essentially, the the electronic system is there. It's ready to be used, and a lot more lobbyists and principals are using it. Um, but there's still not a mandate, and that would have to come from the legislature. They'd actually have to um, put that into Montana law, requiring that these things be filed electronically. Otherwise, there's still going to be you know some people that, for whatever reason, you know they find it easier. Or they're just used to filing these hard copy reports, but it also unfortunately has the effect of making it harder to actually get that kind of overall picture of spending and be able to track the activities of different principles. So the idea is that there's almost func- like two functioning databases of this information. Exactly. Making it more difficult to track because you don't know if uh, the difference between who's filing electronically, who's filing physically. Yeah, and in some instances you'll have, you'll have reports showing up in both databases that will have different amounts for the same reporting period, um, you know, because sometimes they'll file and then, you know, they'll get more information. They'll file an amended report that has, you know, um, some entertainment expenses, for example, you know, a steak dinner for lawmakers right. um, or, or some advertising they paid for to, you know, put on people's desks during the session to, to sway them one way or another on some legislation. Um, and the other thing that happened, I should say, is... Um, that that committee that he was talking to, they did um, they did work on this issue throughout the interim over the last two years before this past session, and um, and a couple bills emerged from that committee, but they mostly just amounted to language cleanup. Um, you know, this is the the lobbying statutes in Montana um, really haven't changed much since the early '80s, right. um, and probably the most significant law that was passed. Requiring more strict reporting from lobbyists was actually done uh, through a citizen initiative, um, so it wasn't even legislation. But there were some Supreme Court decisions that struck down part of that law, and um, you know, just I mean, to kind of illustrate how few and far between updates to the lobbying statutes have been um, up until that cleanup bill passed this year. Um, the telegraph was still included wow. in uh, in statute as a form of political communication. I don't think too many people are lobbying via telegraph anymore. So uh, you said that, you know, um, there have been minor tweaks, mostly just language cleanup. Um, and, you know, we know that the commissioner of political practices can can be a pretty uh, politically controversial uh, arm of state government. Have lawmakers been receptive to uh, making it so that it's, you know, passing laws and mandates that, that require a, you know, electronic database or electronic filing? 
I think, I mean, based on the conversation during the committee hearings, they were they were receptive to the idea. Okay. Um, you know, there was obviously, like I said, there was that stumbling block um, where, you know, there wasn't a usable electronic system. So you can't report, you can't require somebody to use a system that's right. just not functioning. But um, it, but the electronic system is fully functioning now, correct? Sure. Yeah. And, and if and if any lawmaker really wanted to tighten up those laws, they could have brought a bill during the session okay. to that effect. Um, and they didn't, you know. So, I mean... On one hand, you know, you do have a lot of conversations that, you know, that are fairly in agreement among lawmakers and lobbyists and the commissioner um, that this is something worth pursuing. Um, but, you know, obviously there's a little less appetite in reality to, to do that. Right. Is, the, is there fear that um, some of the uh, monitoring of lobbyist spending is falling through the cracks because of this disparity between these two systems? Um, I mean, through through my reporting on this, I, I think I found a number of instances where, um, you know, there's just a lot of discretion um, given to principals and how they report and, and to what extent they report their activities and how much detail they offer on those reports. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, as far as fear, I, I don't know. I don't know that that's really the case. I okay. mean, most of the people I talked to felt that, um, the system works fairly well in terms of getting people to actually report correctly what they do. I okay. mean, Mangan said, you know, 99% of of lobbyists and principals play by the rules, and um, you know, and a number of lobbyists also pointed out that you know, frankly, Helena politics is is a pretty small world. Um, you know, if you're a lobbyist up there testifying on a bill or walking around the halls in the Capitol talking to lawmakers, somebody on the other side of that issue is going to take notice. And if they see you're right. not reporting, they can file a complaint. So, right. I mean, there is a certain kind of self-policing aspect okay. to it. And so the big lift, or at least one of the big lifts in this reporting project was uh, manually entering those reports into a single database. Uh, can you tell us what what you found by doing that? Sure. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, I guess the, you know, the kind of big number to come out was that, you know, overall spending on lobbying during the session, so those four months from January through the end of April, totaled about $7 million, um, which is, which is about a half million more than uh, the previous session, Um, you know, and it's not an insignificant amount of money, although, you know, it clearly pales in comparison to something, you know, the campaign finance spending. Right, right. but, uh, you know, I, one thing I tried to do was, was break down what each principle, what kind of larger sector or category each principle fell into and kind of get a rough idea of, you know, how much money was spent, say, on, um, on lobbying over, uh, over bills that affect the energy sector. Um, okay. You know, that, was, that was definitely the big one. And obviously we had a number of major bills and, and other legislation that was debated during the session that would have significantly affected uh, the operations of the coal strip power plant. Okay. Um, so a lot of the, the biggest spenders were, were directly tied to that issue. Um, out of seven, roughly seven, a little under seven million dollars, um, about uh, six and a half, or about six hundred fifty thousand dollars was spent um, by energy, either energy companies, groups representing energy companies, um, you know, and and in trying to characterize uh, different groups and principles. I mean, there were some subjective calls I had to make. You know, for instance, 
Um, you know, I, I put pretty much all the fossil fuel industry into the energy category, okay. even though, you know, that could have fallen into mining as well right. or, you know, or business groups right. or something like that. Um, but I wanted to capture kind of a rough idea of, of how much, you know, each sector was spending. Um, so, you know, you had, you had significant spending from the energy sector and, and business groups overall contributed about half of that total. Um, professional organizations, and these are, you know, I mean, these are, is everything from, you know, groups of acupuncturists in Montana right. to, you know, the state association for state highway troopers. Um, they actually, they were pretty significant. Um, you know, there were dozens of these types of groups, and uh, they totaled up to about half a million dollars. Um, the insurance industry, obviously a big player. There were a lot of um, tort reform type bills that passed during the session. They they chipped in about 400,000. Um, the healthcare industry, so, you know, hospitals and other healthcare providers, um, they were about 340,000, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, kind of on the other side of the political divide, um, you know, labor groups spent about 300,000. Um, environmental groups also spent that much. Um, you know, you had the pharmaceutical industry, they're always a pretty significant presence. Um, you know, they spent $268,000. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting to kind of see how some of these different groups broke down. Um, you know, and then, oh, sorry, go ahead. So, so you, so you, you followed, you, you took the data and you broke it down into uh, basically who was spending the money. Is there any idea about like specifically what bills were being lobbied for? Like, do we have a, do we have a concept of, um, you know, how much each bill maybe, or, or does the data not drill down that, that precise? Yeah, yes and no. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the big limitations of the information that's available is that you're required to report, um, I, I think the, the phrasing is, any major effort um, that you expend to affect the outcome of a single piece of legislation. You're supposed to list that bill number or that bill draft if it doesn't get that far in the process. Um, and most groups are pretty good about offering, you know, a lot of detail on that. Um, unfortunately, what happens is, you know, that's all that all kind of goes into the into the black hole of these these two separate systems, and you have to pull up an individual uh, lobbying report from an individual principal to see what those bills were. Um, so, in terms of you know a system where you could just you know search for say you know. Uh, uh, one of the major bills that affected um, our, our new marijuana industry mm -hmm. now that recreational marijuana is legalized in Montana, um, you can't you can't do that. The system just doesn't offer that yet. Okay. Um, one of the other one of the other things I looked at was um, just kind of where this money was coming from too, um, and you know based on where principals reported their address uh, on these reports. Um, there was a little over two million dollars that was spent from out-of-state groups although i would say that's almost certainly an undercount because you had a lot of national groups lobbying in montana and using you know local addresses or like a local po box oh um, interesting and so i tallied that up you know just to be consistent i tallied that up as a montana uh, expenditure but obviously you know the money's actually flowing in large part from out-of-state on many of those and do we have any idea of where the money, the, the out-of-state money is coming from? 
Yeah, um, I, I mean, you know, kind of given those limitations, um, you know, probably no surprise that the biggest spender outside of Montana was Washington, D.C. There's right. a lot of groups headquartered there. Um, they spent about 300000 um, Washington State uh, also spent about 300000 uh, Texas was a quarter of a million, as was California. Um, and there were, you know, about 20 other states that contributed significantly. So, you know, as you as you drilled into this data, w were there any other patterns that that uh, struck out to you? Um, yeah, there were a few. I mean, one one was just kind of the timing of, of the expenses, and that wasn't a huge surprise. So you had, um, like I said, basically four months, and there was a report due each of those months. Um, and so you saw January, February, March were fairly stable. You had, you know, between one and one and a half million dollars spent during each of those months. And then um, obviously at the end of the session when, you know, a lot of bills were passing, a lot were being voted down, there was a lot more action, um, you know, spending ramped up pretty significantly. So there right. was $2.8 million spent just during the month of April, which was the last month of the session. Um, and then, you know, in terms of other patterns, um, you know, I think just kind of taking that really granular approach to going through every single one of these reports. And I mean, you know, in terms of the hard copies, there were um, over 1,200 that I went through. Um, you know, I started to just kind of notice that there was a lot of differences in terms of how much detail was being offered. Um, you know, there were, there were principles that, you know, were submitting incomplete or missing reports in some instances. Um, you know, the Montana Newspaper Association actually was one where they, they never submitted their final report. Um, and I, for the story, I called them up and asked them about it. And I should note that uh, as of today, on Thursday, they have submitted that report finally. Um, but, um, you know, unless there's somebody asking, you know, the Commissioner of Political Practices, I mean, that's an office of six and a half staff. So they don't really have the time to go through and check to make right. sure everybody did their homework. Um, so there are, you know, presumably, you know, a number of missing reports and a lot of a lot that wasn't captured here. Um, and, you know, there's other groups that, like I said, um, you're supposed to be reporting what bills you spent money on or exerted a major lobbying effort. Um, and there were, there were a number of groups that, you know, reported significant sums of money that they spent, um, but either didn't list any bills or just kind of listed a sort of catch-all, um, you know, term for how they were spending their money. Um, you know, one was the Trust for Public Land. They spent $31,000 over the course of the session, which is not an insignificant amount of money. Um, and all they listed in terms of specific uh, measures they worked on was supporting conservation funding. Okay. Which could which could pertain to any list of any handful of bills that went through the session. Yeah, and I, and I caught up with uh, with one of the folks that works over there, and he said that it was it was likely just you know an oversight. You know, they um, they lobby in a lot of different states. Every state has you know different regulations right. on how you report lobbying. Um, and they hadn't heard anything back from the Commissioner of Political Practices here, so they assumed, you know, they were, they were reporting everything they needed to. But he said that, you know, they, they spent a lot of attention on, um, you know, where the revenue from legal marijuana was going to go, because obviously that was a big issue. Um, it was supposed to be earmarked for conservation funding, right. according to the initiative that was passed. But, um, you know, I think as, as we've reported elsewhere, um, that's kind of run into some issues in terms of, 
the legislature having the authority to appropriate. So right. they were they were working pretty heavily on that, as well as um, you know other issues that kind of have a a nexus in what they do, like uh, fish, wildlife, and parks, right. and some of their activities. So so we've gone over. Uh, you know, what policies the money was spent on. We've gone over where the money comes from. We've gone over other patterns in the data. Do we have any idea of how the money was spent? Um, you know, it, is it mostly spent on steak dinners or is it mostly spent on salaries for lobbyists up at the Capitol every day, testifying before committees? And Definitely salaries. That's, um, that's the main one. Um, I would, you know, I'd, I didn't break down the data to that extent just because it, it would have been even more time consuming to do that, but uh, you know, I would I would guess ninety to ninety five percent of the expenses were direct payments to lobbyists okay. to represent their interests. Um, you know, and and I was I was honestly kind of surprised. I, I would have thought there was a little bit more in terms of those entertainment budgets, where right. you know after after the day's meetings, you know, lobbyists and lawmakers go out for for dinner, drinks. Um, you know, and there was there was a good chunk of that for sure, but it didn't. Didn't add up to quite as much as I expected. Interesting, uh, um, but that is that is definitely significant. I mean, you know, you can you can see that if you want to dive down to the level of actually pulling up individual bills, but right. kind of like individual legislation, that's not something you can search for in terms of like you know who got a steak dinner from who. Right. So, at the end of the day, Sam, I think you referred to it as the black hole of this tracking this uh, lobby spending tracking database. Um, does Montana's system for disclosing lobbying activities uh, paint an accurate picture of the actual lobbying efforts on the ground in the Capitol? Yeah, it's just a backup, you know, black hole might be, that might be a little bit harsh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, uh, maybe more of like a wormhole. Okay. Um, you know, you've got, it's just, it's, the information's there. It's just getting there is, is another story right. and pulling it up and finding it. And I, I think the average member of the public, while they might be curious about this information, they're not going to go through all the all the hoops that, you know, that I went through or another journalist would go through to, to get that information. Okay. Um, in terms of whether it paints an accurate picture, um, you know, I... I, I guess, you know, from Jeff Mangan's perspective, he says it does, um, you know, and I, and I think he's got good reason to, um, you know, he acknowledges some issues with the system, um, but, you know, like I said, he, he's of the opinion that 99% of the time lobbyists are, you know, reporting completely and on time, and, and they're, they're providing all the information that's required of them. Um, obviously, you're not going to capture some things like, you know, there's, you know, bumping, you know, a, a lobbyist and a lawmaker bump into each other in the hall and talk about something, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily get captured in the way that, you know, just the, the raw number of hours a lobbyist spends testifying before a committee or, right. or, or you know, the actual receipts from, you know, a, you know, a round of drinks with some lawmakers after, um, you know, at the end of the workday is going to be tallied up. Um, and there's, you know, there's some other areas where I think it's just difficult to see exactly how money is being spent. Um, you know, you have some instances where um, lobbying firms will subcontract their work to other lobbying firms. So, you know, one, one example that I, I pointed to in my story on this was, um, you know, local lobbyist, uh, John Metropolis, who was paid... Uh, $30,000 by a company called Tech Mining 
um, to lobby on a pretty specific issue, um, Lake Kukanusa, which is up on the Canadian border. Um, it was to repeal some selenium standards. Um, and there weren't a whole lot of other principles invested in that issue. Um, now, Tech Mining reported $30,000 paid to John Metropolis. John Metropolis reported $30,000 paid to another lobbyist to lobby on those same issues. And, and so that was pretty clear. There was kind of a, you know, a pass-through subcontracting agreement right. um, where that other lobbyist was ultimately um, representing Tech Mining kind of through that that chain of, uh, of, of lobbying expenditures. Um, in other instances, though, it wasn't quite clear. Um, you know, there was, there was a group, a uh, national consulting firm called Strategies 360. Um, they spent $30,000 on uh, one, and only listed one specific bill that had to do with the coal strip power plant. Um, you know, what a consulting firm's direct interest in the power plant is, wasn't really clear to me. I called them up. Um, you know, they they simply said that they don't uh, disclose their lobbying strategies uh, to reporters, which which is fine. But you know, it just kind of underlines that some of the some of the reporting doesn't really paint a super clear picture of of who is ultimately paying. Um, and it could have been Strategies 360, or it could have been another company that hired them and then they subcontracted, as was the case um, that I mentioned before. Mm. Um, and then you have other instances where, um, you know, I found one example where a group called the Senior Water Rights Coalition, which, as its name implies, lobbies on water rights issues in the state, um, they had actually received $33,000 in what's called earmarked contributions from a pair of energy groups or energy companies. Um, and those earmarked contributions are when, you know, another group or entity pays specifically to, you know, to have some lobbying on a specific issue or specific legislation. Um, and it wasn't the, and it was reported very clearly, um, but if you were trying to get an overall picture of how much, you know, say the energy lobby spent in Montana during the session, you wouldn't have necessarily pulled up a group called Senior Water Rights Coalition and seen right. that line within the report. <clears throat> right, right. Um, so it just kind of gets back to that larger issue of, you know, kind of having a, a bit of an opaque system for determining how much was actually spent on what. Um, but I guess to get to get back to um, to Mangan, I mean, you know, he says that, you know, while it's clearly not a perfect system, um, you know, he thinks it is accurate. It's something that the public can have um, a lot of confidence in that, you know, this is an accurate reflection of lobbying efforts. Um, you know, I guess one issue that he specifically um, was interested in is, is what's called grassroots lobbying. And that's when, um, you know, oftentimes an organization will take out, you've probably seen on Facebook or Twitter, um, those ads that pop up, you know, promoted ads that'll say, um, you know, call your local legislator and tell them to vote no on Senate bill, whatever. Right. Um, and those are and those are payments that are, th those are expenditures that are intended to influence legislation. Um, does it fall into the 
definition of law being in Montana law. Not currently, um, although that's something that Mangan hopes the legislature will look at. Interesting. Um, yeah, and, and he, and you know, there's not really a great way to measure that either, um, you know, especially in the absence of any reporting requirements. He estimated that there's probably hundreds of thousands of dollars being spent each session on those types of efforts. And, and if you want to consider that lobbying under the definition, that would be, you know, a pretty significant right. uh, contribution to that total. All right, folks, uh, that's another episode of Big Sky Lead. Uh, if you want to keep hearing this, make sure to subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. Thank you.